Hey everybody, welcome back to another edition of the On The Rocks podcast. This is Denver Post sports writer Kyle Newman, joined by my colleague Patrick Saunders. Thanks for tuning in to the Denver Post Rockies podcast, and we got a packed show for you here today. Talking Nolan Arenado as the Rockies head to St. Louis to play the Cardinals for a three-game set and face Nolan for the first time in an opposing uniform. Also, Bill Schmidt, named interim GM. We will discuss what he had to say in this initial presser with the Denver media and his outlook as interim GM the rest of the season. And then wrap the show with some comments and commentary on Colton Welker, Rocky's top infield prospect, hit with an 80-game suspension for PED. So, Patrick, we'll begin with the news of the weekend, of course, and that's the Rockies headed to Bush Stadium 3 to take on Nolan and the Cardinals. And the first-place Cardinals and the last-place Rockies, so far it's, it's turning out in Nolan's favor in terms of playing for a contender, and he's play, playing pretty well himself. He is. Uh, I think, uh, you know, if you talk to Nolan, he's probably going to tell you he hasn't really met his own expectations. I mean, the home runs, I believe he has four. Batting average, 270 ish from everything I've been told in the games I've been able to watch, his defense is, is gold glove value as always. Uh, but I think the bottom line for Nolan Kyle is he is on a team that uh, recently won six of seven. They're in first place in DNL Central. He's in a city that adores baseball and therefore adores him. Um, you know, who knows how he's adjusting lifestyle wise. I'm sure Colorado and St. Louis are very different. And St. Louis is certainly very different from Southern California, where Nolan spends most of his time. But uh, I think Nolan uh, is going to tell you that uh, he's really happy with the way things are turning out. No question. Well, and Patrick, uh, early on in the season, I believe it was in spring training, he had some kind of telling read between the lines comments about how just impressed he was with you know, getting to St. Louis and the championship culture and just how it's it's different here, you know, and maybe that was partly, you know, him just being excited about a new club, new opportunity. But obviously he senses the uh, the, the difference in culture and obviously tradition too uh, over in St. Louis. And if you look at how he's performing so far, hitting 276, five homers, 22 RBIs, 488 slugging and 824 OPS. So room room for improvement there by Nolan standards. But like you said, Patrick, the the glove has been up to gold glove standards once again. And he seems to be a, a spark for this Cardinals franchise that, you know, was hoping he was kind of that final piece in the line, lineup alongside Goldschmidt and others to, to get the Cardinals back into the playoffs and, and make a deep run once again. Yeah, I agree. And you mentioned Goldschmidt and Goldie is is really not performed offensively up to what they expect of him he'll probably heat up you know it's been a cold kind of miserable spring in a lot of places a lot of really good players are not performing particularly well right now you look at francisco lindor with the mets i think he just broke an 0 for 26 string or something like that so good ball players will eventually you know they'll reach their level and I think you're going to see that with Goldschmidt and Arenado. I did want to mention one thing, Kyle. I, I know Rockies fans are super sensitive when it comes to Nolan. And I think a lot of them took umbrage at uh, some of the things Nolan said earlier this year about how he never had a curtain call in his life before. And they were upset because it, it felt like Nolan was 
trying to weasel his way out of Colorado way ahead of time, all of those things. And there may be some truth to, uh, to the fact that Nolan certainly wanted out very shortly after he signed that mega deal. Uh, but I don't think Nolan ever has intentionally tried to uh, disparage Colorado or the Rockies fans. Um, it's just Nolan being reasonably honest. Uh, did Nolan, does Nolan want a fan base that's passionate about baseball like the Cardinals fans? Yeah. And are Rockies fans as passionate about baseball as Cardinals fans? No. Uh, but I don't think Nolan's taking shots at the Rockies fans. He's just excited to be where he is. You agree? Yeah, and I don't think his beef was with the fans ever, really, as much as he might laud the, the St. Louis fans. And, and to your point, Patrick, uh, clearly Rockies fandom, not as serious or intense as uh, as St. Louis Cardinals fandom. But he was more it was more about the the, the ownership, the direction of the franchises, all of that. And clearly he, he wasn't happy with where the Rockies were going. So uh, three games set coming up here. Kyle, I wanted to ask you one more thing about Nolan. Now, not what he's going to say publicly when we talk to him during the Cardinals series. What do you think his reaction was when Jeff Breidich resigned? What do you think his gut reaction was? I think he probably smiled, to yeah, be honest. I agree. <laughs> now, I don't think Nolan's necessarily being dipped by. I don't think he's like jumping up and down and saying, yeah, that's a good thing. He's gone. Truthfully, he probably's like, okay, well, whatever. That's, that's water on the bridge for me. But you're right. He probably could smile a little bit and think, you know what? The way Jeff Breidich had a reputation of treating people kind of came back to bite him. I think that's what he thought. Yeah. And if I was to guess, I would surmise he maybe shot a text to Charlie Blackman or, you know, some of his buddies back in the Rockies clubhouse uh, and, and maybe shared in that moment. But, you know, I was talking to a, a source who is, is familiar with a lot of the Rockies guys, especially the younger prospects. And I was like, hey, you know, what, what was the feeling on Bright stepping down? And he said, well, it's kind of split because, yes, he didn't have the best reputation as a a people guy as a guy, you know, building relationships, but he also drafted all these guys. So you got to keep that in mind as well. That's, that's a really good point. On the Rocks podcast, Kyle Newman alongside Patrick Saunders. So another thing to address here, Patrick, going into uh, this three game series is that Austin Gomber, the centerpiece of the trade for the Rockies in return for Nolan, along with four prospects, he's going to be pitching in the series opener on Friday. And he's been up and down so far this year. Uh, two and three, 590 ERA, he's struggled walks and command, but it'll be his kind of re-homecoming in, in uh, St. Louis after he put up a pretty good 2020 before being dealt in the trade. Yeah, I'm really curious to see how Gomber reacts. Uh, he strikes me talking to him, unfortunately not in person, everything's still via Zoom. He strikes me as a pretty level-headed guy, a very confident guy. He's certainly got good stuff when he commands it, as you mentioned. But there is something in his game right now that I'm curious to see how it plays out. And stay with me here for a second. His opener with the Rockies against the Dodgers uh, at Coors Field was a disaster, right? And but Black said he was said Gomber was probably too amped up. Gomber said no, it wasn't the case. I just wasn't locating. I was out of the zone. But I do think there was a little bit of 
you know, for lack of a better term, stage fright going on that day. Yeah. So I'll be curious to see how he handles emotionally going back to the team that drafted him, where he has baseball, Major League Baseball roots are. Will he try too hard against the Cardinals? Or will he just go out there and just pitch with the weapons he has, uh, which we've seen. And when he's done that, he's been excellent. So I'm, I'm, I'm always curious to see how guys react to significant moments in their careers. Uh, you know, stars, how they perform under pressure in the playoffs. Uh, in Gobber's case, how does he perform when the spotlight gets kind of white hot? I'll be curious to see. My guess is he'll probably be just fine. Now, the the Cardinals are starting uh, Jack Flaherty, who's 5-0 and with a 3-something ERA. I think the Cardinals are 6-0 and with Flaherty on the mound. He, you know, he's he's morphing toward an elite pitcher. Yep. Certainly, certainly, Austin Gomber is not. But we'll see if Austin Gomber at least can keep the Rockies in the game in the opener. And hey, one more note before we transition to talking about Bill Schmidt, Patrick. Rockies have been atrocious on the road this year. Will that change here in St. Louis? And like you said, starting with Jack Flaherty on the mound on, on Friday, it's going to be a tough slate uh, for the Rockies to pull out a, a road series victory. But, hey, one or two wins could really change the tie for them on the road this year where they've won, what, two games? Yeah, 2-11. and 11. You know, they've been okay at home. I think they're two games over five hundred at home. Uh, you know, they played decent baseball at home. You know, Coors Field, you never know what's going to happen. They've won some wild ones. But, yeah, they have been... You know, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, and the Mr. Hyde has showed up on the road, no question about it. Uh, they're going to have to get good pitching. They're going to have to keep, keep the games low scoring because I don't think they're going to, you know, uh, outscore anybody on the road in some sort of slugfest. And they got to get some key hits, which have been missing on the road for sure. Then, folks, on the Rocks podcast, this is Kyle Newman alongside Patrick Saunders just talking. Rockies traveling to St. Louis to face Nolan Arenado for the first time since the trade that sent him and about $51 million to St. Louis in exchange for Austin Gomber and four prospects. So moving on to our second topic on the show here today, Patrick. Earlier this week, Bill Schmidt, director of scouting, a longtime Rockies director of scouting, got named the interim GM, and he met with the media, kind of laid out his plan. And two things that stuck out to me, and you wrote about this, Patrick, is number one, he doesn't think that the Rockies are in a rebuild or need a rebuild right now, from what I understand. And then number two, he wants the job full-time. So, you know, what were your thoughts on those and just kind of what what, uh, Bill said overall? Well, let's start with uh, the second point you made about him wanting to become the full-time GM or permit GM at the end of this season, um, I asked him that question, and I, I was a little surprised, truthfully. Uh, I didn't know he had those aspirations. You know, he's he's well-known around baseball as a, as a good baseball guy, a guy who knows talent, he's well-respected, uh, but he's also 61, and I just didn't really think he would want to take on the responsibility at this stage of his career, but he was clearly eager and wants to make sure it's known. Uh, and I'm sure Dick Monfort and Greg Fiesel understand that Schmidt wants this gig full time. Um, personally, if you want my opinion, I don't think that's the wisest move. Nothing against Bill Schmidt. He was a, he was a good person and a good baseball man, but I've been saying for a long time, I think the Rockies need 
to go outside and get some fresh perspective, fresh ideas. I think they're too insular. Um, but, you know, knowing the Rockies, who knows? You know, if, if they like what Schmidt does, you know, during this interim period, maybe they stay in-house as they always seem to, right? I think it's a mistake if they do that. And, again, that's, no, that's not bashing Bill Schmidt. Um, but, yeah, that surprised me a little bit. And it did not surprise me kind of when I asked him the question about, well, is this a rebuild? Is I believe I've asked Jeff Breidich and everybody else. And It's been your favorite you know, question for like five years yeah, now. Not yeah, five, yeah. two. Yeah, they, <laughs> and they bristled at me for sure. Um, but it's a fair question. And I guess Smitty kind of gave me the answer I expected. And that's that, well, we have some really good young talent here to build off of. Um, etc. But I don't, I'm not sure that's what I consider a rebuild. I'm not saying you scrap everybody, but I do think it means your older uh, veteran players, those even the stars, Trevor Story, John Gray, Michael Gibbons, uh, you know, you, you go on and on. I think it does mean moving those guys and getting what you can and kind of starting from the bottom up. So maybe it's a matter of semantics when you, we use the word rebuild. Uh, I'm curious, what do you think about Schmidt? What do you think about his appointment for the short term? I think it was an obvious uh, move for the short, short term, even though Schmidt's probably obviously pretty tied up with draft stuff, with the draft coming up here in July. Obviously, that got pushed back, so that gives the Rockies a little more time. But you know, Schmidt or, or Zach Rosenthal, those were the guys uh, who I thought would be you know tab for this interim GM role, but I'm with you, Patrick. I, I do believe they have to go outside the organization after the season ends to to hire the you know the full time GM. My gut tells me, and if I was a betting man, that Bill Schmidt is going to get the job. I, I just I, really something wow. tells me that. I don't know the the combination of Monfort traditionally wanting to go in house, Monfort being an extremely loyal guy, and then also let's not forget that. The Rockies GM job ain't going to be like drawing Theo Epstein's out of the woodwork, you know. Like it's just not a highly, highly desirable job. I just don't think they're going to get an extremely top tier, top top tier candidate. Uh, now I think they could do better than going inside house, but will they do that? I guess that remains to be seen. I hope Dick Moffer proves me wrong there. Yeah, you know it's interesting. I think there's two schools of thought here. One. People like us think it's time for the Rockies to go outside the organization, bring in some fresh ideas, maybe some more modern analytics, uh, that sort of thing. Somebody's going to be a little bit more aggressive, if you will. Uh, I I suppose Monfort and Greg Fiesel and Bill Schmidt, before that Jeff Breidich, even before that Dan O'Dowd would tell you, you know what? You've got to experience baseball at altitude and understand what it's like to try to put a team together in Colorado right. to really get it. And they, they would contend that just bringing in somebody from the outside who doesn't understand that is not going to be helpful. That's their, the Rockies' uh, argument. I can see part of that, but that still doesn't mean uh, you shouldn't be out there looking for, for fresh perspective and fresh ideas. But I do agree with you, Kyle, that the Rockies' uh, GM job for some young hotshot baseball guy who wants his chance, they'll probably jump at it. But for some of the more established guys who could probably get a job somewhere else in the next two, three years, they might look at the situation and say, you know what? It's kind of no win. 
Right. Because I'm probably not going to have the autonomy I would want to have, the power I would want to have. And it's a tough place to be a GM. There's no question about it. It's a tough job. So it's going to be really, really interesting to see which direction this franchise goes. Okay, and one final takeaway from Bill Schmidt's presser before we move on to Colton Welker here, Patrick. He said, and this is no surprise to you or I or, or really anyone who follows the club, that you know the team hasn't had any discussions with Trevor Story or his agent about a new deal, an extension, whatnot. Pretty much further cements the fact that this is definitely the last summer in Lodo for Trevor Story, right, Patrick? Yeah, I, I would be shocked. You know, and if I'm wrong, I'd be gladly be wrong because I love watching Trevor Story. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And uh, he's a great person. He, he's, a, he's a pro. Uh, he, you know, he's, he's just a great young baseball player who's in his prime. But from everything, everybody I've talked to, et cetera, there are no indications at all that Trevor Story will not opt for free agency. And so do you let him just walk and get a draft pick compensation or do you try to package something and get, you know, as much as you can for him, and I think as much as you can would be young prospects, you know, before the draft deadline. Now the question is, who's out there is going to give you that kind of, uh, going to give you enough in return for wrenching Trevor's story for half a season? So that's always a predicament when you have a veteran who's at the end of his contract and is about to walk. Uh, and that's one of the reasons why I was a little bit, a little bit surprised about the Schmidt um, promotion because I was thinking maybe John Wild maybe had a better sense of around the major league level who's out there and who might be able to come to, to the Rockies in a deal. Uh, but Bill Schmidt kind of made it clear that he feels pretty comfortable knowing what talent might be available. So, you know, the, the Rockies are just like many franchises, they're in a tough tough spot right now and they need a makeover no question on the rocks podcast kyle newman patrick saunders will close the show with some tough news that came down for the organization on thursday evening which was colton welker one of the team's top prospects third base and really knocking on the door the the major leagues here this last year or so uh, even though there was no minor league season last year he was hit with an 80 game suspension for performance enhancing drugs and this was the same drug that right-hander Justin Lawrence tested positive for in 2020. Now, he said that was the result of a tainted supplement. Patrick, a huge blow for a guy who the Rockies are really counting on to kind of come along to the majors, maybe not this year, but uh, definitely next year. And this is going to delay his, you know, his escalation to the bigs. Yeah, and he's, uh, he's a player that's really impressed me in the last two spring trains. Uh, he's been awesome. He was so good this spring. Look confident. He hit the ball well. And he didn't hit the ball well just against, you know, six, seven, eight, ninth inning, you know, other prospects. He would get into some games early and hit big league pitchers. Uh, I thought, Kyle, that he was destined to make his debut with the Rockies this season and maybe not just a September call-up. I thought if the Rockies do make did make some trades, et cetera, and some doors open, that Well could be one of the first to step through it. And he won uh, the, the spring training team player of the year or player of the spring training, Andy right? Rear award. You're, yes. you're right. And you know, he is he's a really good player. He's uh, he's he's grown up, he's matured, uh, he's a really good hitter. You know, he did issue a statement through the players association, which uh, 
you know, as, as all players do, that just like uh, Justin Lawrence, he did not have any idea that he was taking anything wrong, etc. Who knows if that's true or not? We don't know. We don't know the pressures these guys are under and, you know, how they're, they might be misled or how they don't maybe read the labels as carefully as they should, etc. cetera. Uh, but uh, Colin Welker doesn't strike me as the kind of young man who would knowingly go out there and just take whatever he can to make himself bigger, better, stronger to make the big league team. I think he's got enough talent to do that without cheating. But the rules are in place. He tested positive. There's really no recourse for him now except to sit out 80 games. And, you know, when you look at it, Kyle, you know, the 2020 minor league season was wiped out already. And although he was part of the alternative side, it's not the same thing right. as playing every day. And now he's going to miss another 80 games. He would have started at AAA Albuquerque. You know, that just delays his, you know, appearance in the big leagues. And it's a huge blow, not just for Colton Welker, but for for the Rockies organization. Um, as you mentioned, Justin Lawrence, you know, he just now, just last week, made his big league debut. And he had to miss another full season because of this. So, not good news for the Rockies. We'll be monitoring it, of course, and all other Rockies news going forward this weekend and beyond. Nolan and the Cardinals come up this weekend before the Rockies return home next week. Patrick Saunders, of course, will be your man for coverage on all of that. And myself and Kyle Fredrickson will be chipping in where we can. Appreciate you listening in to today's show. This has been the On The Rocks podcast brought to you by the Denver Post. Be sure to head to denverpost.com slash Rockies for continued coverage of the club. And until next time, folks, take it easy. easy.